Good morning and good to be with you as always. Thanks for joining us for this. I have brought up in the last uh, handful of episodes a woman uh, author named Dorothy Sayers and have mentioned I've been doing a little bit of a deep dive uh, with her works. Um, two of her better known works are, I think I've lifted some of these up, The Man Born to be King, um, also a book called The Mind of the Maker. Um, I've recently purchased a whole bunch of other ones and, and some of these, uh, I, I do most of my reading actually on Kindle. Uh, the fact that Dorothy Sayers is not maybe as well known as she should be is, a, is indicated by some of these books I've had to get in actual old style uh, printed form. Um, and, you know, this is sort of how I work. I end up getting connected to an author and then I tend to do a deep dive on them. One of the things I would ask this morning as we're taping this is, if that happens to any of you, if you have authors that you sort of find yourself connected to and then you end up reading many of their works. Anyway, among the, the, the things that I've been reading are collections of her letters. Um, there are a couple of authors I've read letters by, um, C.S. Lewis among them, uh, Flannery O'Connor, and it's a really wonderful way to get sort of inside the mind of an author and, and, and get some of their more personal reflections. Uh, and again, if I didn't say it, Dorothy Sayers was a contemporary of C.S. Lewis, um, not as well known as him, but I think every bit is brilliant and honestly worth reading. In any case, maybe we'll talk about her work at greater length uh, in another episode, but the thing that I was struck by uh, for today's episode was in this um, collection of letter, letters, this is the third volume, so this is from the years 1944 to 1950, um, and there's a, a letter from March 1944 where she's talking about uh, an essay she's writing related to uh, the problem of evil, and she's writing to the editor, and she says this, um, it's a bit longer, I'm afraid, than you asked for, um, but anything to do with sin or evil seems to take a lot of explaining these days when nobody believes in sin. And so I thought I would spend a couple of moments talking about this topic of sin, and it may seem like a strange topic. Um, and I, my sense as a pastor is that there, there have been people who've said, well, why do we talk about sin all the time in church? It's so depressing. It's so negative. Why don't we talk about something uplifting? Which I don't think is the uh, appropriate way to come at the issue of sin. Um, and a, a few analogs are helpful here, or analogies. Uh, if your car, for example, is broken, is it depressing or negative to say, gosh, my battery is dead? Or is it honest and helpful in allowing you to fix the battery? Similarly, if you're sick, uh, do you say, well, I don't want to find out what's wrong with me because that would be negative and depressing? Or do you say, maybe I should see a doctor who can identify the problem so that I can be what? Healed. Uh, in the same way, today <clears throat> I'm going to be meeting with a gentleman who runs the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous program here. It meets here at St. Philip the Deacon. Uh, he's a member here. He's run it for a few years, and we're going to have a cup of coffee. Uh, if, if you're a member of AA or if you're familiar with the 12-step pro uh, program, you will know that the first step is what? Admitting you have a problem and are in need of 
help. And I would say acknowledging our sinfulness is neither negative nor depressing. It is simply acknowledging the truth of the situation we find ourselves in this life, which is that things are not the way they should be, uh, that the world is somehow broken and fallen and our relationships with one another and with God are not as God intended, which is why when we gather for worship, we always have some kind of confession where we say very frequently, actually, the confession reads, most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and what? And cannot free ourselves. Acknowledging that is simply a way of saying, yes, God, I acknowledge that I am part of this broken world and I acknowledge that I need help. Um, the, some of the titles for Jesus are Savior and Redeemer. Those are just words that mean Jesus is the one when we acknowledge our brokenness who can save us. Jesus is the one when we acknowledge that we are in bondage to something, Jesus can redeem us. He can free us from that bondage which we cannot do by ourselves. I find that, again, neither negative or depressing. I find it a helpful beginning to a life uh, of healing and a more honest life lived both with God and with other people. I started, I was struck by, by that quote by Dorothy Sayers, which got us off on this. I want to end with a quote um, by another really uh, excellent author, a favorite of mine. Her name is Marilyn Robinson. This is a little collection called The Death of Adam. And I'm going to read you a short sentence. Um, and all of her sentences are packed with stuff. Uh, and it's one of my favorite sentences about this very topic of sinfulness. Um, and whether it's really negative to talk about sin or, in fact, is a blessing. And here's what she says. Um, the belief that we are all sinners gives us excellent grounds for forgiveness and self-forgiveness, and is, and I love this word, kindlier. It is kindlier, uh, the belief that we are all sinners, than any expectation that we might be saints, even while it affirms the standards all of us always fail to attain. So we acknowledge our sinfulness, and Marilyn Robinson would say, that's being kind to ourselves because it allows us to be forgiven and in turn allows us to forgive others, which is what I pray for all of us today. As always, thank you for joining me. Be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm -hmm.